Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 63. Three is half of six. Illuminati confirmed. And we Ooh. are talking this week with someone really cool. Very Illuminati. Illuminati-ish. Illuminating. Though. Illuminating. Ooh, Illuminating. Boom. Okay. Uh, we're talking to freelance graphic artist, maker of many musically inspired graphic tees, prolific designer, Brandon Reich. I kind of just want to, can I just like read through a few of his... Hit us with some of his, some yeah. of the Some of the bands he's worked with. Uh, All American Rejects, Almond Brothers, uh, and Berlin. Have you heard of the Beastie Boys? I tray you. Yeah, Beastie Boys. The Backstreet Boys. (laughs) Bass Nectar, Ben Fold, Brandy Carlisle, Bruno Mars, Britney Spears. (laughs) All right, so we're only through B, and it's clear that he... And Uh, we're, like, reading every fifth one. So he's he's a prolific designer and has a lot of... Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. A lot of great clients. Fleetwood Mac. And we're talking about a great topic, one that's near and dear to our hearts. Grant, you, I think I'll speak for you and myself. The Goo Goo Dolls. Oh my God, please. I'm Iggy Azalea. <laughs> James we're... Taylor. James Taylor is my dad's favorite artist. We didn't did. ask him about it. We fucked up. I didn't know that. Now I do. What are we talking about this week? Shipping. Near and dear to the heart of 10,000 hours. At the core, really, of what we're about. Besides self-awareness. Do. Number two to self-awareness. But second is the best. Shipping it. Talking about production, and we are really talking to a prolific producer. He gets things done rapidly, efficiently, and... Did you say efficiently? Efficient. I meant efficiently. I I tried to call you up, but that was awesome. (laughs) Uh, He's an industrious man. Justin Timberlake, Katy Perry, Led Zeppelin, Lil Wayne? Oh, come on. Madonna? This guy is just a... It's almost cocky. Like, come on. It's a little too much. <sighs> Did he do? Oh, I thought maybe Odessa. That would have got me excited, but whatever. Um, yeah, we were talking about shipping it. What a dude. And I got to say, this week's sponsor is so closely tied to shipping it. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They get you out of your own way, which was very much a, a topic within the very topic. Very pertinent today, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sponsor this week is Squarespace. We're huge fans. Uh, you guys. Um, I think in a recent episode I was discussing, uh, we we launched a new website for greenroommagazine.com uh, on Squarespace, and it's awesome and simple and beautiful, and it works, and it's it, it it's Intuitive. responsive, and it's so easy. I, uh, I feel bad for some of my web designer friends, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. see you later no, no. in your career. Yeah, yeah, but it's really cheap. I, I think maybe it starts at like 8 bucks a month, especially when you use the code 10,000 hours. That's one zero 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 h o u r s. I think we nailed it on that one. Flawless. As always, sometimes. That code will get you 10% off of an already extremely affordable subscription. Absolutely. Squarespace, real easy to use. Real awesome websites. I think they like to say, uh, build it beautiful. They do like to say that, and we have a hard time disagreeing. So thank you so much, Squarespace, for your sponsorship of this episode. Thank you, Brandon Reich, for joining us for what was a great conversation. Tiesto. Tim McGraw. Uncle Cracker. Van Halen. That American classic. Weezer. And thank you, listeners, for putting up with us and for tuning in. Hope you enjoy episode 63, Shipping It.
Allie's a, a really good dude. Well, she's the best dude of them all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that our culture allows for such gender fluidity. Vince, um, speaking of Porky Pig, oh, that's we not, can't reference something that won't be in the. No, but I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, keep them guessing, because then we can. When we put out the extended, you know, the behind the scenes, the Blu-ray, unrated, with, with the, the deleted scene, <laughs> the director's cut. Yeah, <laughs> finally, I get my chance to to show my ter- my my version of things, <laughs> which changes drastically. Grant if, side if, of the story. <laughs> Dude, I watched uh, I Hate Christian Leitner yesterday while I was working. Oh, yeah? It was pretty cool. Sweet. It's like a 30 for 30 duck. I find, I've found recently that though I can, like, shut those off. Like, I like and, like can block them out. And they're, like, good, like, white noise for me to work to. It's like, they are good like ESPN Because they're cinematic, but they're not that interesting to me because they're sports. Yeah, no, it's true. And they have a very, like, cool, collected style of delivery that yeah. just really is good for working in the background. So, I know you've been working on a sports documentary. Tell me what... <laughs> oh, have I? No, so Vince, tell me. What are you putting your time into? What are you working on right now? Um, well, I'm glad you asked. Be- super busy at work, but that's like... <laughs> that, that goes did I catch you saying. off guard with that question? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, also, working on a couple of freelance things, and one project with my good friend, Mark Ruff, who, uh, as we've said before, he lives in this building. Uh, we are working on an app, and he just got his LLC, and he's working on a prototype, and I'm working on the messaging to surround it. Ooh. It's pretty cool. Uh, maybe someday in the future we'll have, I'll have more to share on that. But that's what's been keeping me busy. I'm going there tonight after this, actually. Oh, classic. Yeah. That's nice. You come first, Grant? Uh, <laughs> hey. Not, not always. <laughs> not, I guess not. Most times. But though. will you do me the honors of telling me yeah. what you've been putting yeah. your time into you've been recently? been jamming, uh, jamming on a few projects. Got a couple of music videos coming out in the next couple of weeks, um, which I'm excited about. And... Uh, taking a lot of photos i just got back from la and started working on a pretty cool project a little nike project actually a nike project yeah which has been pretty dope no not... those guys do uh, shoes right yeah they, they're, shoes, <laughs> they're like a they're, shoe store and apparel i think as well <laughs> t-shirts and something like nah, that man that's super cool yeah i'll, I'll show it to you you know but, uh, i'll get a sneak peek yeah, yeah pretty exciting and speaking of design work which is what that is man i am excited to have this particular guest i've like I sometimes say that disingenuously, but this time I actually... You almost mean, always lie. About yeah, yeah, yeah. But this time I actually really mean it. Uh, I, got, I got super pumped up about, about this guy who was introduced to us by Friends of the Show, episode 44, 2, 3. 2. Nice. Okay. Death to Stock photo. Death to Stock. Um, and who I was just spending some time with in LA. Those guys are awesome. And actually, I just watched a little documentary I think they're putting out. I don't know if it's officially out or not, but of the work they did with, with our guest today, who comes to us from Columbus, Mr. Brandon Reich, the freelance graphic artist. And geez, the client list here is just ludicrous, man. It's, I've got stars in my eyes. Let me start by I, saying thank you I have you it on so my much. computer screen, and I'm just like, I have to scroll like, First, have, like five seconds. or six times down. <laughs> it's like... Real big. Lots of music clients, homie. And the work is beautiful, by the way. Is yes. it BrandonReich.com? Is that where it is? That's it. BrandonReich.com. Hey, Brandon, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Very excited to talk to you. Um, let's kick things off by saying hello, and can I ask you a question, which is, what have you been working on recently? 
What have I been working on recently? So I churn through these things like uh, like three or four artists a day. So it's sometimes it's like country artists, like country artists that I don't know. And then sometimes it's awesome stuff like Nine Inch Nails or 30 Seconds to Mars or 21 Pilots. Um, this week has been... Um, Man, I gotta look at my projects folder to remember, yeah, yeah. or maybe like a reminders or something. Um, you know, I actually have done some Twenty One Pilot stuff this week. Um, work on some Fallout Boy stuff, Death Cab for Cutie, um, Joan Jett, uh, Kid Rock. Uh, so Muse. When, when you <laughs> name these beloved and internationally famous artists, and you're working on them. Could you maybe give us a little context? Like, what kind of stuff are you doing for him? I do graphic tees. Graphic tee designs is what I've been doing my whole life. Well, my whole career, which has been about a little over a decade now. So every day of my life, um, well, maybe five or six days a week, uh, I'm up to my neck in t-shirt designs. That's what I do. And, up to uh, your neck? That was really clever, actually. Thank you. That. That's the first time you've heard up to my neck? <laughs> no, because of the t-shirt. Like, do you ever do V's? Do you ever do V's? Oh. I go up to my V-neck sometimes <laughs> yeah, um, for certain shirts, yeah. Do you ever do pants? I've done pants. I've done booty shorts, man. Yeah. Um, whatever you need. We if it's know. music merchandise, I've done it. Uh, Hold on. Would you be willing to break that rule for 10,000 hours, Brandon Reich, uh, limited edition booty shorts? I do, I do booty shorts. I'm not for the right price, which Let's you make go for us. It. Okay, wow. We're going to have to actually talk about this uh, offline. Yeah, offline and decide if we want the booty shorts. We can foot the bill for uh, it. <laughs> uh, well, sounds like you've been busy on some awesome stuff. And, I mean, you have interesting work. And yeah, it really is. Exceptional I, work. I feel like if you're listening to this, it's worth just, like, going to check out your stuff to get some more context. Yes, it's absolutely. really right rad. Um and when I was thinking about this topic and why we wanted to talk with you about it, it was, I think I was talking with David and Ali last time and they had just come, they had just come to Minneapolis. So they stopped in and actually that's something we share. So you were in Columbus working with them. They produced a music video with me here in Minneapolis and stayed here. And they're like talking about working with this guy named Brandon Reich. And they were just talking about like, what were they saying? Like, it was like, Oh, like the efficiency of it and like how you approach things. And I was like, this sounds like my kind of dude. Like, and was I listening to a podcast or something, or maybe it was an interview or something. I read something about like, Oh yeah, you have an Apple script that runs, sets a folder up. You yes. have your account. Yes. I mean, dude, I'm like all about these sort of Grand efficiency. Those efficiencies. Oh yeah, man. That's like my, my jam. And so I, th- I was thinking about that. And then I think the, the purpose of a lot of those things is, in our words, is, sh- is shipping it, is getting it out the door. We end every show by saying ship it. You know, it's like we want to get it out the door. It doesn't count, basically. Right. If you don't get the work done, then what are you doing? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I um, that's, you know, basically when I started this thing, it was just out of a love. You know, I had a band and I started designing T-shirts mm. for my band. And I love doing that stuff. So I love designing these little T-shirt graphics. And then other bands that we played with me design stuff for them so it started being like well okay i can oh you need one you need one you need one you need one okay well then i'll try to fit all that into you get a, a couple days you get a i'll try to fit in fit all that into a couple days and you know so it's that basic concept of like well i may not get paid a ton for this one little t-shirt graphic but if i can fit enough of them in one day that might be like making a living so 
it was sort of like, you know, early on, I was just like, yeah, give me more, give me more, give me more as much as you can give me. Um, if you give me a ton of work, it's going to challenge me to figure out a system where I can actually get it all done and ship it. So, uh, yeah, so I started just taking on a lot of work and that's sort of been the same thing I've been doing for like the past 10 years. And, um, I take on, I take on an amount of work that I would have never been able to fathom, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, the amount of work that I take, it's sort of normal. It's commonplace to me now. It's, it's almost to a point where I don't know how I would take a really, really, really long time on any project because I've, you know, grown accustomed to doing this stuff relatively quickly. So you kind of get to, uh, cut out all the nonsense if you don't have a lot of time. So that those parameters will, help you to be more efficient in your work if you I give think, yourself what was it constraints days. constraints two episodes ago or something like yeah. that yeah we had a, an episode with a guy from uh, michael hardesty from 24 hour records where they put three artists together and, and they have 24 hours to come up with three songs and it's just like yeah i mean it gets it gets the blood flowing and it gets the creative juices uh it gets you out of your own way right <laughs> i mean yeah it no leaves bullshit. no time leaves no time for nonsense i mean there's no point in doing this stuff that's not going to work um and as soon as you realize it's not going to work it's out and um, you just churn through that stuff. Decisive. And in a way, I mean, I think shipping breeds shipping, right? Yeah. There's a momentum. Shipping begets. <laughs> shipping begets shipping. But there's a momentum to productivity that if you get yourself in a way that you're always producing yeah. and you're getting results and you're getting stuff out the door, that fuels future occurrences of the same thing. Totally. Uh, so I'm wondering... Uh, can you walk people through what a typical project looks like or just like the process from start to finish? Uh, yeah, we, um, you know, we were talking earlier about Apple scripts and I can mention some of the Apple scripts and automator functions. So, you know, for one, let me start on the fact that I, um, am a big fan of Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week. Yeah, I'm a big I'm fan good. of Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. So with those two books, there's some principles there that, um, you know, there's, there's basically understanding what tasks you're doing. You're, you're either being a manager, a technical worker, an entrepreneur, and you got to know what you're doing on each task, meaning um, is this the actual work that I'm doing? Is this furthering my business or is this just kind of getting the day-to-day stuff done? So a lot of that for me personally, I hate the managerial stuff, which yeah. is invoices and emails and all that stuff and scheduling work. I hate that stuff. And I really don't give myself much time to be an entrepreneur, which is blog posts, promotion, any of that stuff. But I love the technical work. So the technical work is who I am. It's what I've always been. I'm, I'm an artist that really likes to make these things. So with that in mind, I decided to automate all the stuff that I don't want to do. So the stuff that I don't enjoy doing are things like I get an email and I set up a folder. I name the folder the same type of thing. I put a reminder in um, to my you know native Mac OS uh, reminders. And then I, you know, like I flag the email, um, I put an alias on the desktop. There's all these things that I'll do for every project and I do it the same way every time. So instead of going through that whole mess, um, a friend and I put together an Apple script, an automator task, which is a automator is a combination of Apple script and it's, uh, and you know, the native automator stuff. So I took all that stuff and I said, instead of setting up a folder and doing all this crap every time, I just want to right click inside this email from the client and it's going to do all the other stuff for me. Mm -hmm. So it'll schedule the work. It'll put it in my reminders app. It'll do all that stuff. So essentially what my process is, is I get the email from the client. 
I right click inside that email and then I write in and then there's a bunch of dialogue boxes that pop up. I put in client name, how much money I'm getting paid for the thing when it's due, all that stuff. And then there's like a, a sound that goes off and then there's an alias on my desktop and then that's scheduled. So then my reminders, I see that I've got, um, you know, they're in order for the, for the deadline. So I know what's up next. So anyways, um, you know, that's scheduled. So whenever the day comes to work on that project and the reality is I work on this stuff on the day it's due. Like I don't really have much more time to like dance around the project. If, you know, if something's due on Tuesday and, um, it's Friday and someone wants to schedule something that I'm going to have to schedule that thing on Monday because I have the time. So it's always pretty much going to be, I'm working on the project the day before or the day of the deadline. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like procrastination if you're not used to it, but if you are used to it, that's just the way it is. That's just the way I work. So it's I'm performance able to mentality though. I, I think, I think it's, I think, uh, an artist who thrives under that stuff, it's performance mentality. It's I'm going to get up on the stage and I know I can do that. And, yep. and maybe, uh, I'm going to do it because of the, and not like, oh, I procrastinate and then I like cram. I think it's a different mentality. It's a, it's knowing the context in which you thrive and, and knowing your limitations and your skills. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I'm not really freaked out about any project. I'm not nervous yeah. about any project or anything like that. I've so, known this oh, too long for that. This is interesting though, too, though. I mean, okay, you have these gigantic clients and you have all the, but it's like you sort of kept things at bay in terms of like nothing is so big that it could fell you like you you're saying like you only you're working on these smaller projects and, and not in not in like value or but but it's like right. you know if you're working on on a sixth month like website or like some giant you know what i mean you don't do that so you sort of like have kind of protected yourself from that yeah your specific medium lends itself well to your mentality Ooh, here's a question maybe are you currently in a relationship I am. I'm married. I've been with my wife since I was 16 years old. Oh my God, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, so we've been together for a long time, for uh, 16 years. Nice. Okay, so you committed to that big one, and then you said, all right, I'm going to... That's a big commitment in my life. I'm good. That wasn't very funny. (laughs) <laughs> clearly not um geez. no i know i know what you're saying though i cannot commit long term like I, it drives me nuts to think like hey here's a project that's going to sit on your desktop for the next like i don't know like month even a month like screw that i want you know the the aliases that sit on my desktop they sit there for like two weeks max and then they're gone and i've had those projects earlier in my career where they just sat around for a couple months and uh yeah man they just it's just, I get boring and I start resenting the project. Dude. I resent the client. I don't want to do that. I want to love the work that I do. So whatever happens that make that makes me hate stuff, well, then I got to get that stuff out of my work and I got to concentrate on enjoying what I'm doing. And totally. this is what works for me. Totally. I, I, I think I'm this in, sim, in a similar way that I think that's uh, my way of keeping things interesting is pursuing like different disciplines constantly. And it's like sometimes to my own detriment, but um a question I have super geeky, but like naming conventions. How do you structure your naming conventions? Getting dirty and deep. I'm just saying, dude, from a design like design standpoint, I you know, I don't get to talk to many people about this. Let's thing. say uh nine inch nail let's say okay, N I N all caps. Yep. Underscore. Ooh, bro. Um, underscore, let's let's just say division with a capital D and then lowercase other letters. Um underscore uh Reich underscore june two zero one five okay 
caps. Same way every time. Nice. Yeah, I, I do the three-letter code. Yeah. I, I switch over to three-letter code with clients, but then I'll do like a three-number code, like zero, one, whatever, or zero, zero, one would be the first project we do. And then like in the master folder, I would like have a hyphen that names it, but then all the subsequent files would just be like, like STB zero, zero, one, and then whatever. V1. Yeah, V2. I like giving each thing a name. Like, I, yeah. I like to give it a unique title. Um, yeah, so, cool. I guess inside my, like, a Photoshop file would be called NIN underscore division dot PSD. Mm. That would be what that is. Um, but then, like, the bigger folders would be like NIN underscore APPR, which is approved, underscore Reich underscore June uh, uh. <laughs> JUN2015. Cool. Thank, and thank like you. I said, so Automator does that for me all the time. Automator knows that's the way I do it, and um, so it does it for me. So I, all that stuff, if I know I'm naming the same thing every time, so in that Automator yeah. um, function, I'm, it asks me what the uh, three-digit code is for any project. Oh, so many people waste so much energy and time on fucking <laughs> not, this. Not me, man. Yeah, so dude, we're right talking, there. yeah, we're talking about a conservation of energy in a, in a lot of ways. Something you and just... Attention. And attention. That's a thing. Attention. So if you have to like stop and think about some nons- nonsense, then it's just going to drive you nuts. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so this is actually what, kind of what I wanted to bring up next. When you mentioned you like to get projects in and out of your plate or your dex- desktop as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible. I've noticed something that happens to me, and I can only imagine it's even amplified with you guys who are busier on a day-to-day basis. When I have a project that's just kind of lingering, it saps my energy Uh, even when I'm not working on it. It takes up brain space and emotional energy and willpower even when I'm not actively doing work on it. Yep, just something to worry about. You guys see that happen, Grant? Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like, well, there's two points there for me. One is uh, the reason I have my systems is so that I, I stop worrying because I know, I know, like I have my list, I have everything there. And so what that energy that used to be expelled for me um, in thinking about those projects, like, oh, wait, 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 do I have this going on? Like the anxiety that comes from that? I feel like I've eliminated a lot of that just because of the systems I have in place that keep me sort of organized and efficient. Um, but th- I think the other point, I'm getting better at it and, and, you know, it's constantly improving, but saying no, because I realized how fucking draining that stuff is, man. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, dude, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, uh, especially to do good work and to try and do good work across like uh, on different stuff when I know I'm going to have to like do an element of learning or an element of whatever in, in different categories. It's like, man, I can't, if I overcommit, I'm, I fuck myself in so many ways and I fuck everybody I'm working with. So it's, it's like a responsibility thing of just like knowing your own energy. Yeah, man, dude, it kills me. It kills me. Not shipping it is like that destroys me. <laughs> like I'm just saying like not getting it out the door. Like that shit weighs on me, dude. Absolutely. Well, it's just the thing between it's easy to commit to a project, but it's not easy to be excited about it when the project comes, when the time to do the project comes around. And that's what, that's a, you know, something I've been actually been trying to fix this year. I've just been being honest about this project does not sound fun. I'm not going to do it. And, you know, earlier in my career, there's no way I would have said that. I would have took everything on and just figured it out and, you know, didn't whine about that stuff. But, 
um, you know, I'm getting to a point now where I want to stay excited and happy about all my work. And if I know that there's ones that are just draining and I'm like, I'm not into this band or I'm not in this style or I'm not into whatever, um, I'm giving myself a little bit more freedom to say no to that stuff because uh, last thing I want to do is just dread a project to know that it's sitting there and the reminders are sitting there on my desktop. It's irresponsible of you. Right, I totally. mean, it's not fair. Like, you, it's not fair to you or the project or the people surrounding the yeah. project. Yeah, yeah. So, I would like to abruptly move the conversation to broach a subject that we talked about before the record button was clicked, and that is the language surrounding shipping it. Ah, so that is a, a convention of speech that you and I, Grant, use all the time. Word, it's pretty fundamental to how we talk about getting stuff out the door is it true that you don't really use that word mr ike well when you told me we wanted to talk about shipping i thought you were talking about mail order and i was like man i don't want to talk about mail order well that was our and, logistics uh, i don't know where, where do you learn the terms who's the uh who's the i, I would the imagine authority that says these are the words to use well, or I, I mean, if you're, <laughs> we, do, I don't think we subscribe to any one authority. But if you're, if you're asking like where we're influenced by, I'm not sure. You know, I like, I'm very much into like a Tim Ferriss to maybe Seth, Seth Godin, yep. friend yeah. of the show, like could be from him. I don't, I you don't know, know exactly. I think it's interesting because being a, um, I have to sort of like dance around this stuff because I'm, I'm freelance and I work from home and I'm by myself. Yeah. So I'm in my studio by myself all the time so that when I come out and see other earthlings, it's sort of <laughs> like I hear the words they're saying and be like, oh, I know. It. Okay, I understand. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. Word. But I just called it whatever, you know, um, like sending the concepts or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should done doing actual. Well, so, but, but there's a huge, there's a fundamental difference, I think, in the people I know that I that I think I like have a lot of respect for their work and 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 people that I'm like oh yes this is awesome there's a fundamental difference in not even ability but just I think tenacity to take something from not shipped to shipped from idea to execution and the little you know that last 10% right it's fucking exhausting but getting it out the door I, and I think that's so important and so I, I just feel like uh, your ability to consistently do that is pretty mind-boggling. Um, well, it's just like you kind of run out of time to freak out about the projects, you know? Like, if if I give myself two hours to get a project done, and let's say I have to create, like, six T-shirt, cons- t-shirt graphics in, like, two hours, um, I've given myself time to, like, read the email and try to comprehend. I've given myself time to maybe sketch out some quick ideas. I've given myself time to get an illustrator and actually build the thing, and I've given myself time to get into Photoshop and put some finishing touches and then maybe do some mock ups. Um, I didn't allow any time in there to be nervous. <laughs> I didn't allow any time to freak out or to second guess myself. All I gave myself time for was the actual technical work. And um, so I, I don't know. I think that this whole, I think there's a lot of really, really valuable byproducts that come from working quickly. And I've looked at speed as a valuable thing for like for me personally. So at my house, like today I had a um a landscaper come to give me a quote on 
mulching in front of my house and uh, tearing out this whole area of, you know, this like flower bed thing and all this stuff. Um, so I was getting a quote from him, but what I want from him is to get the quote back quick. Um, I want him to return my call. I want him to come out like tomorrow and do the project. And when someone doesn't do that stuff, when someone says, Hey, I can give you a quote, but we're booked up. Like, you know, we're like four months out or, you know, I'll give you a quote on Tuesday and I get a quote like, you know, four weeks later, that stuff drives me nuts. So in the same way that that drives me nuts, all I want to be for my clients is this like reliable, Reliable, yeah, 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 this reliable machine that you can count on. They know whatever they throw at me, I can get it done and I'll get it done on time. And I'm low maintenance. Like I don't, I'm not going to email them whining or say something like, do you really need it this day? Or, um, you know, I don't whine. I don't, I just, I'm a, I just want to, make myself a machine and that and i want to appear as a machine i want people to think i'm a robot back here but it's really just (laughs) one guy in a room designing stuff and being very focused um but yeah so it's like i mean i'm sure i could probably get into some big gospel on shipping totally but i think it's something that's been ingrained into me so it'd be like at this point, the way I've fashioned my career, it would be like me like being really supportive of blinking or something. Like, yeah, totally. I'm all for blinking. I do so, it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but there's something really fucking important about that, I think, because to me, okay, the act of shipping, uh, and if you want to call it blinking, the act of blinking is really important because every time you do it, you get something out of it. You know, whether that's momentary or lasting, it doesn't matter. Like, I think a lot of people fail to to ship because they're scared because X, because they're, you know, whatever. And I think it really prevents a lot of growth. And, you know, maybe as a machine, it's more about just being well oiled at this point for you. But like, I mean, not saying you're incapable of growth. I just mean like, I I think a lot of people, they, oh, they don't even get anywhere near the levels that we're capable of because they're just, they're just hamstringing themselves over and over by not putting the thing out there, by not getting it all the way done. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, I think that going through certain, like, I don't know, certain colleges as far as art goes, it's everything gets so criticized. And it's pretty much, I feel like a lot of art schools just chop you down as much as they possibly can. And if there's any, like, sliver of a person left, then you're pretty lucky. But, like, so that soul is gone, that confidence is gone, all that stuff just gets ripped away. It's almost like they destroy you, and if you survive, that's what it is. So um, I've been lucky that I didn't really have to go through anything where, um, you know, it was like, someone was trying to tear me down. Like I just, I just started doing it, man. I just started doing it early. And I, I think that, um, I've always been on like a, a timeline with every project. So I got used to sending it off. Now I'm not going to say that in the beginning of my career, I mean, I looked at everything I did and was super critical of it. And I think that maybe only the past like four years, I haven't been so critical of it. I've been able to look at my work and, you know, if someone says something's good, it's almost like I'm like, it sounds arrogant. I'd be like, I know it's good, but it's, it's, I know it's good because I, I know how to do this sort of thing now. And I don't feel like it's really my talent. It's just sort of like, man, if you put as much time into it as I have, of course it's, of course it works for the intended use. You know what I mean? And so it's like the skill of it all. Um, you kind of establish that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the no, how many no. years it takes, but like you establish the skill, and after you've established the skill, 
the goal is understanding the problem. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so now I'm getting, I'm starting to enjoy that, uh, the mix of both of those. Uh, and it's, you know, I'm still learning. This is where I'm at now. Like I've been fully freelance for a decade now. And, um, you know, I, I've passed the second guessing everything I do stage. I don't know when that ended, uh, but I've passed that stage. And now I'm on to, um, Stay trying, learning to stay excited about my yeah, work. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my Push challenge it. today, dude. I uh, I got some heart flutters when I was watching that um, uh, Death to Stock documentary thing about about your process with them. Uh, just the screenshots with the or the screen video caps with the Illustrator. I feel yeah, like you embody the Illustrator mentality, and I think my mentality with that stuff, which is like it's super iterative, it's like experimental, and it's boom, 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 boom. You know, I think that's dude like. I think there's a lot of Photoshop folks and illustrators like the jam on that. We don't have to get deep into like, you know, a uh, team Photoshop versus team no, no, no. But I do think like there is something about your mentality that is like very, I don't know. There's something that spoke to me there. And I, I think that's, did you start in illustrator? Did you like, I would say every project I do is 90% illustrator, yeah, 10% man. Photoshop. Um, Photoshop. I really just use to like finish things up, like yeah. maybe round some edges or add some distress or whatever, yeah. you know, the thing calls for, but I construct it all usually in illustrator and illustrator is like, um, you know, my parents had a computer when I was like, uh, trying to think maybe 14 years old. That's when we got like our first like home computer and we didn't have illustrator, but there was some like knockoff program. It wasn't Corel or anything like that, but there's some knockoff program that was essentially vector illustrator type thing. Mm. So for whatever reason, instead of going into like the Photoshop equivalent, I was in the illustrator equivalent. So it was more fun to me to mess with these shapes and mess with these lines and illustrate in a more like construction manner Mm -hmm. than it was to try to like uh try to like feel like i'm using like a paintbrush or whatever uh whatever photoshop was at that time yeah so architecture almost yeah so when i see like woodworkers or if i I mean just thinking somebody who would build like a picture frame right if someone who would cut the those angles off and measure everything and make it right something like that that feels more like what illustrator is to me so i build all this stuff in illustrator and of course if you're messing with type it's much easier to mess with with when you're in illustrator so totally yeah so i've always from the beginning i've always been into illustrator and that kind of comes from my obsession with like skateboard graphics and skateboard catalogs and um, of course banty graphics and stuff um all that stuff is more simple like two color things and you know trying to do you know i've so i've never really my work isn't very colorful and it isn't colorful because number one i'm working with simple shapes most of the time and number two this stuff is getting screen printed yeah so if it's getting screen printed, well, obviously it's cheaper to have one color. It's a little bit more expensive to have two. It's more expensive to have three, and I won't ever mess with four color. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so that medium has simplified my work, and it's it's really dictated the way I design stuff today is cool. because everything I'm doing is going to end up getting screen printed on a T-shirt for the most part. That's pretty dope. I mean, that's like a nice... I, I was just showing Vince, I, we do this magazine called Green Room, and there's something so satisfying about holding it in my hand. Like, it's, I think it's cool that your work ends up in a tactile fashion. Yeah, I go to Hot Topic every now and then. I walk in there, and I'm like, <laughs> it's funny because... Nice. I don't look like a dude that should be at Hot Topic. So, like, the 17-year-old girl working there is like, uh, can I help you? And I'm like... <laughs> Like, just leave me alone. I'm just looking at t-shirts. He's like, oh, we have this new one in. You should try that. I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's not why I'm here. You don't <laughs> so I never it. tell him what I do or anything. But <laughs> I do go in there and I just, you know, I'm 
just a weird guy like rubbing t-shirts because I'm seeing how <laughs> stuff ended up getting printed and stuff. And then That's I so funny. walk out of there and I don't buy anything. That's interesting. I think something really interesting you mentioned was going back to this idea that art schools are breakers down of creativities and creative soul and your job is to survive it and be able to come out the other side with any semblance of motivation remaining. Yeah. Because when I've always thought about shipping it and the theory behind shipping it and getting things done, holding yourself to a standard, I've always thought of it as a product of discipline. Now this may or may not be how you guys feel about it, but I went through a less rigorous but still kind of defeatist process in college where I was in copywriting classes and advertising classes and the majority of my work was criticized and thrown out and that was mirrored in my time as an intern and then early on in my career. It's a lot of saying your stuff is bad and fix it and I never thought of it as discouraging. I never imagined my creativity had to weather some sort of storm and come out on the other side intact. I think what it did teach me is to be ready to abandon the work when it's appropriate and to distill work into its most, I don't know, efficient or useful form. Well, it's kind of like boot camp. It's not bad. It's it's valuable. You know what I mean? So it is setting you up for... Um, it is setting you up for the real world in a lot of ways because that is, you know, maybe some clients are going to be that, that rough, but um, it's just sort of the thing I get worried about is that it takes people away from having confidence in anything at all. Uh, yeah. It's like they get to live until they're 19 years old thinking they're a talented artist until they get to college and then someone tells them they're not a talented artist. But those people still have something to contribute. You know, maybe it doesn't fit into that class or maybe it doesn't fit into whatever, but there's something there that they still need to extract. Um, I just, you know, I just get bummed out that, um, you know, people are trying to take this valiant effort to live a life where they get to be creative on a daily basis. And, and people are trying to kill that instead of cultivate it. And I'm not, I mean, that can't be a blanket statement or a generalization on all these art schools. I just know the people that I know, um, art school made them hate art. Yeah. I mean, everything in moderation, right? It goes back to that. Without any discipline, I don't think an artist can grow. I don't know. Maybe that's true of me, well, but so tough. not of anyone else. But also what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, that that is, I think, a sad sort of uh, side effect, artifact, whatever you want to call it, of that. I will say, like, I don't want to get too uh, whiplash on you guys. Are you guys familiar? Yeah. Yeah. No, I never saw the movie. Okay. Well, of course you saw it, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> oh, come Well, wow. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm wow. kidding. Jeez, you should see that film. It's fantastic. Did you like it, Brandon? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that dude. Oh, yeah. Um, wait, what was it? Juno's dad. Juno's uh, dad. Uh, my, no, jeez. Uh, uh, he doesn't have a very uh, memorable name. Not. Um, he kind of looks like John Malkovich, but he's not. He's, he, yeah, slightly reminiscent of Mr. Malkovich. Jeez. But we'll show notes his name ah, just once we come up with it. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Um, but just like the idea that, like, you kind of Miles have, Teller. No, wait, no, no. Miles, Miles, Teller. Miles Teller is the main dude. Are you on the? Come on, let's let's figure this out, guys. Yeah, yeah thank you. All right, his this, name is. This is shipping it right now. How am I not there? J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons, yes, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to remember a name when your name's letters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, J.K. Get a real name, you idiot. Any <clears throat> no, relation okay. to Rawling, do you think? J- yes, yeah, that's... Well, it's her husband and brother. 
Okay. So the point, though, is like, I feel like to be really, really, really good, like, you know, X percent, it's like you kind of have to be, you don't have to be, but I think many are subjected to certain extreme conditions. And the value, if you want to call it that, of, of extreme conditions like that is that it pushes someone and it can get one to a level that they maybe didn't achieve otherwise. The collateral damage there is that people who don't respond well to that or who aren't just really shouldn't be in that situation can get kind of fucked up from it. Yes. Yeah. You know? Here's what it is. People need validation. And at some point in their life, they need to get validated for the things that they're good at, the things that they've thought their whole life that they're kind of good at. They need validation at some point. And if mm-hmm. they never get validation, they're never really going to have the motivation to do anything else. I Or they really, will chase it forever. <laughs> right. Sorry. I got really lucky in the fact that I had a little band and we signed to a record label when I was 18 years old and we toured and we played, uh, played these shows and all this stuff. And I had people come up to me and tell me how important my music was to, and all that stuff. So I had like validation in us. I had a surplus of validation at that time. So much so that I was just <laughs> sort of like, you guys don't really know me. You were protected, saying, right? Yeah, but it was like I understood what it felt like for people to pat you on the back and to tell you a good job. And it wasn't it, – it was fulfilling, and I think it was so fulfilling that it was like I'm good for life for the amount of um, – you know, a band is that way where you're going to have somebody come up to you and tell you that some song changed their life or something like that. Yeah. So after having that type of validation, it was sort of like – thanks, but I don't even want to do this anymore. And I'm going to go home and design graphics full time because that's what I've been wanting to do the whole time. So it's, I sort of like, I sort of like came out of a parade and got to go into a quiet place and design for the, for, for the rest of my career. You know what I'm saying? So sort of like I'm done with the parade. I'm done with the high fives and the autographs and all that sort of thing. And now I'm going back to my quiet room and designing stuff because that's really where I want to go. And like me as a little kid, man, I'm just sitting in a corner um, like uh-huh. drawing. And that's what, that's all I'm doing. I'm just sitting in a corner and drawing and that's all I really want to do. Um, so it was sort of like I got fulfilled in that way. Now, people don't get that. People don't get to experience some validations. People never get to be told Uh, that they're awesome. And so they just keep chasing, right? Yeah. And if you don't get told that you're awesome, at least once, um, you're just going to have, you know, your motivation is going to be sort of uh, skewed. You're going to be like, I don't know if I'm doing this so that someone's going to tell me I'm awesome or if I'm doing this because this is an accurate representation of who I am and the art that I want to make. Yeah, dude. uh, And there's something I think, freeing about that validation and i've talked about this before but it's like there's like some things i've worked on that felt like oh wow that is like pinnacle like that's like oh i couldn't have imagined ever even working on that thing and like then you look back and it's like oh it's like nothing like it kind of doesn't matter but but like i think what that opens up is the opportunity to be a little bit more self-motivated and a little bit less reliant on external gratification, which I think honestly is is tying back and is what we're talking about when people don't ship it 
and, and not just like when people don't ship it, they don't, you know, they don't get the validation. But frankly, man, that is part of it, right? It's like when you ship it enough, and in general, if you're shipping consistently, you know, quote unquote, uh, it's like you get some form of validation. And I think totally. that sort of feedback at least allows you to have a better sense of of maybe the work or of people or of like your place in the world, whatever yeah. that means to you. And I think then it allows you to look a little bit more inward and start to be a little bit more self-aware, a little bit more self-motivated, which is honestly such a fucking gift. And I think is something I really respect out of you, dude, is like, you know what you like, you know what you want, and you just are doing it. And like, that's rad. Like, that's really rad. Well, I think I appreciate that, man. I think there's some something very powerful about when you wipe your hands, you're done with the project, you exhale, and you wipe the dust off your hands, and you're done. And it's gone. And Dude. it's, you know, that's a wrap a on that thing. That's a drop-in mentality, too. I mean, not like you're taking it from, but like, that. Indu- I, do, I love that. I love the industrious designer mentality. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, man. Like, we're yeah. a manufacturing town. Like, that's sort of what it is. So, um, you know, I don't really understand white-collar type of work. I don't understand, like, passive income or anything <laughs> like that. Like, I've never experienced that <laughs> That was a question. That makes three it, of us, I and, think. And maybe we can't, we don't have time to go down this this. Uh, route, but I am kind of curious about your opinion on passive income versus like uh, perhaps like just service based, which you are just shipping. Which is well, in, I think that passive bodies. income is going to be a lot sweeter once you've put in the time. Yeah. You know, once you, you know, I've been, you know, I make a thing, I get paid for the thing. I make a thing, I get paid for the thing. That's what I've been doing for the past decade. And to now, from what I've learned or the experience I've had, if I can you know, turn that into something that generates passive income, well, then maybe I'll get to exhale. But I haven't got to exhale. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, but, you know, I'm still relatively young in the grand scheme of it. You know, I'm still in my early 30s. So it's not, you know, I got started early. So it sounds like I'm a lot older than I am. But, um, you know, I have put in some time and I have worked on a lot of projects and I've really, I've had a lot of experiences in this design world and I've had a lot of things thrown at me that I've been able to tackle and be able to accomplish. Um, so at some point, I do think I'm going to try and figure out a way to um, turn that into some passive income of some sort because I can't work this hard when I'm, you know, when I'm Word. 60. I mean, that's I, 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 I don't ever want to retire, but I can't be working this hard when I'm 60. I can't. We don't have kids yet. Um, you know, I can't work this hard when I have kids. You yeah, know, and true. I know that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I got to get a little bit, a little bit smarter about some of that stuff, but, um, it's still thinking about it. Right. I mean, that's like, yeah, the grind is still okay with me. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm proud of the grind. Also, I just was realizing, I was just doing a little bit of math and I think honestly, you're maybe one of the few who I would actually say is probably in the ballpark of 10,000 in terms (laughs) of, I mean, because you know, most of the people we talk to are like, went through like six years of, ah, fuck, what am I doing? Uh, just like rejection, rejection, you know, you know, putting in X amount of hours, but, I think you're probably pretty close. <laughs> I it gotta say. Like it. <laughs> I don't um, know how exhausted you gotta feel after ten thousand, but um I feel I feel some exhaustion. That's oh for man. Sure. <laughs> well that's I mean that's part of the shipping though, right? Is that like when you go for a run, you feel exhausted, but it's a good exhaustion. It's like totally. an exertion. And so that's your loins are sort of glowing and aching. Yeah, you, yeah, you feel I, that too after your run. I don't know why you went run. immediately to loins, but yes, your muscles, body. I'm not sure about this whole language thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, you're you're sore, but and you're tired, but it's in a way that you feel what you've actually done. 
Yeah. Now you feel like maybe you've come close to deserving it. And that's a big thing. I don't want to get this ooh. for free. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to take any shortcuts. If I, ooh. if I, you know, I have a good life now I make it, I have a good living. Um, but I want to feel like I deserve it on a daily basis. Now that's a whole new, in a way, can of worms. But before we go to that, I want to derail the conversation entirely. Now that we had a nice, smooth transition, I want to completely ignore that. Well, I was about... Okay. <laughs> I had a segue for us there, oh, too. Oh, did you? No, by all means. Well, I was, I was just saying, something um, I started doing, I want to say, like, maybe a year ago or something like that, maybe longer even, Vince, you, you were part of the formative years of this, or, <clears throat> excuse me, like, uh, episodes of this, uh, was, like, working, you know, I was working weekends, I was working really hard, but it was like, dude, I fucking was jamming this week, I was going so hard, like, let's go enjoy Sunday mid-morning, Mm, let's yes, let's treat ourselves yes. let's like allow ourselves this moment of of respite and uh the a, a reward for shipping it <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's kind of what and if it. we're talking about efficiency then there, there's really nothing more efficient than combining two meals <laughs> yeah put them together exactly three becomes two uh so every week brandon for in case you don't know we like to take a break from our topic at hand and talk about something completely different. This week, we're talking about brunch. Brunch. I hate that word, brunch. You hate the word brunch. You don't like the start. <laughs> Dude, like I said, I'm from Dayton, brunch. Ohio. Nobody says brunch in Dayton, Ohio. No one says brunch in Dayton, Ohio. It's breakfast, just later. Like, there's not like... After, what is so unch about it? It's after just the, the 500 time is unch. over, after those cars come screeching to a halt. Yeah, no, I have quote-unquote brunch all the time, but yeah, I just, I, I can't feel good about saying the word brunch. But brunch but implies enjoy, that you're not going to eat. You're meal. all caught up in verbiage, this guy, man. You got, I feel like, he's yeah. a man of particular uh, On the vernacular. next episode, let's dig into like some childhood stuff that we're all dealing with about like <laughs> our, our need to be fulfilled and to like, to be industrious and to run away from stuff. So, I think there's an important distinction though, because having brunch implies that you're not going to have lunch. No, not me, man. You have I'll brunch do, and then do, lunch? I can do breakfast, brunch, lunch, uh, <laughs> brenner, or liner, dinner. I'll do all that stuff, man. <laughs> you got, you got you the Hobbit hungry? meals. I am really hungry, actually. Yeah, I actually haven't had dinner yet. So, Do you do you eat at home, too? I'm just curious. Like, no. Yeah, my wife's actually an amazing cook. Oh, she, yes. My wife is the best cook uh, I've ever experienced in my life, and that includes every restaurant I've ever been to. Whoa. My wife. Hold on. And, hold on. And that just seems inaccurate. She's not single, right? Which no, is, she's, she's married to you. She's married to you. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Again, the language. 16 years, buddy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's fucking... In- Wait, you got married when you were 16? No, no, no. We oh, you've been married. together. You've been together. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Together For a second, I was like, wait, hold on. This isn't legally binding, I don't think. <laughs> no, that's really... Fuck, that's amazing. I'm sorry to How be so astounded. We've been yeah. together since the 90s. That, that'll put it in perspective. Oh, my God. The 90s. It's are... just 99, but I can still say the 90s. Those are good years. Dude, that must have been a killer Y2K for you guys. We didn't really care. Oh. Yeah. Well, in that case, we take it back. I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, what are you talking about? Like, the whole world was going to end? Like, No, we I just were... I thought maybe, like, you guys, like, made out or something, you know? The, the ball was oh, dropping. Everything year. was coming it's to an end. It's a new end. millennium. You guys were pretty early in the... I, I just... Whatever. Okay. All right. All right. We don't okay. have to get into it. Okay. So, brunch. Vinny, do you maybe... Okay. Like, uh, talk to me about your brunch. Like, yeah, what's, what's I mean, your you and me like? have, like, a little bit of a sensitive... A little sensitive, bit of history. Yeah, sensitive... It is kind of sensitive because, like... Well, you tell it. You tell yeah, it. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll tell it. Um, your, your side of the story. Grant, I'll let you 
expunge upon this, but well, you have a brunch club. You have a brunch club yeah, that yeah. meets semi-regularly. Yeah, I, it's I, been can, a, can I never be in a brunch club? Yeah, dude, I knew you were going to come at me for I that. A big but, problem with brunch club. Uh, well, do you have t-shirts? Do you have polos that have brunch club? Jesus, like, you, God. Hold on, do you have do you have shitty attitudes that you could maybe like... <laughs> yeah. have a sweater? Do you tie a sweater around... Here's, the, here's the thing, here's the thing. It's it's not about the the bullshittery that surrounds like... It's uh, not classic. Hey, we're we're, in, a br- we're in a brunch club. Like, look at us. No, no, it's about, it is like a small little creative community, though, of like homies. It's a great excuse to go like get together with like no bad around ideas and, and like not like oh let's go to happy hour let's get drunk it's like oh no let's go grab some some breakfast Food. foods start our days together coffee it's it's awesome so I, no i i only have a problem with the word brunch that's cool what do you what should we call it i, I, I feel like do you like the word creative though not really yeah exactly so what I, words I was do say, you like no 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 that's <laughs> fair though like I, it is it is like a, it is an industrious attitude in, in terms and I'm kind of similar in terms of like I think creative sometimes is so abused and bullshitty I just don't know what else to call it out here like yeah I know. And, and club is kind of a, sh- a fucking like clicky little word but it's like it, it does make it feel like a community you know it's like it's like nice it's like oh it's a little thing we got it's have. a ritual and ritual and tradition is great and it it's a great way to it ascribe emotional feelings to events and it's a good story and it's a good way to make other people feel bad and let them know that they can't sit with us they can't eat with us <laughs> yeah see that's what i'm seeing it seems no, like exactly no I, I, that's what i thought you were like that's where my head goes too when i hear that stuff and that's not it at all it's like a cool little cool so it was group. a little it was a little breakfast food community and meetup yeah. that yeah. you used to run yeah yeah and no, listen, I got no problem with being I, hang, yeah, I, did, I didn't think you actually out. did. I didn't think you did. Yeah, that's it's, all good. It's totally fair. But it's a fun it's conversation. Yeah. Uh, so I went to the first, like, <laughs> few. Like, I was regular for a while. It was mostly me and Vince and like, some other, like, attached hangers people. on. Um, but then, so I'm, I loved going to the brunch club. Believe me. But then it became pretty full. It became pretty popular. It started you had a huge tables. It was long. Well, we had our, our polos on, and, and you didn't get a polo because you didn't order it when we had the catalog. <laughs> and it doesn't look good because I have really skinny arms. And, and you like didn't have your membership cuts. card, and it was just like, Jesus, Vince. Are you... So I stopped. I haven't gone to a brunch club in a long time. No, it's cool. It, it honestly became a little bit too much even to just like, it's like nowhere to go because it's like, ah, oh, there's too many good homies now. But I feel like at home would be a sweet place. Like that would be, I'd really like to do that. Like just No, have, no, listen. Yeah. I go to the same spot every Saturday. My wife and I go Ooh. down to a place in Columbus called Skillet. Skillet. And they have a different menu every time, but no it's always way. great. And they're only open for like a few hours. So we usually go about one o'clock, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. <sighs> um, and that's pretty much the first meal. Like I didn't eat breakfast yeah, before yeah. that. So I was just, like I said, I'll just call it breakfast. But um, yeah, so we go and that's our favorite place. And then, I mean, Columbus has got a lot of really good food. So uh, yeah, so I'm all about the regularity of that. I'm all about a bunch of people coming up with some random excuse to get together yeah. on a regular basis. It's powerful. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I only have a problem with the name, dude. Other than that, I t- I'm totally had, all for it. We had, been, we had been doing like a swingers club where we all got together, but it was like, that just became even the name of that was a little bit exhausting. So it was just like, yeah, switch it up. No, that's totally fair. I, I really, dude, I really want to like pop out to Columbus. I feel like that would be a, a cool trip. I don't have to check out Skillet. Um, question: When you go there, okay, you said they changed the menu, but in general, do you have like a specific dish or anything you like particularly enjoy? Yeah. Cherry blintzes. So they have what? these blintzes. What's a blintz? Um, they have. Last time I got there's this. Uh, 
There's this andouille sausage gravy. So it's gravy over top of like a cheese omelet on top oh. of biscuits. And that's one of the best things I've Damn. ever had. Um, yeah, man. Like, Is dude, that a if you want to talk about Wait. breakfast foods, I will blow your mind right now. And Columbus will blow your mind. You don't even understand what you're getting into All if right. you come to Columbus, okay. Ohio and try to what? eat breakfast. Oh, pitching it hard. What, so dude. Vince was asking, what a blenza? That, is that a blenza? No, a blenz. Um, one syllable blends. Oh, with a so, Z? Yeah. B-L-I-N-T-Z-E. Blends. So this is, you know, it's like an egg type of crepe type of wrap uh, oh. wrapper. And then inside that is like a cream cheese Ooh. filling with a little bit of like uh, strawberry stuff in there. But then there's a strawberry, uh, you know, sauce on top of, of that whole thing. Or it's, a, a, it's a tighter crepe. So it's more like Ooh. a nugget Ooh. than a crepe. But if you're talking about crepes or blences or, you know, there's a lot of things that are essentially the same thing. They're just shaped a little bit differently. That sounds kind of like humans. Really you know? But my yeah. wife makes some crepes, too. So we've got a big commercial crepe maker that we sit in here on our island. And she, uh, yeah, she makes crepes. Got to write crepes.com. Over. And <laughs> wow. Place your order. Okay, cool. Dude, that's pretty amazing. That, that would, I mean, I think my go-to is usually an Eggs Benedict situation. Something, yeah. something with some sort of like gravy or hollandaise or like... Whatever. Well, let me take you to Tossie Cafe um, at, in the Pearl Alley, okay, in the Ooh. short north of Columbus, Ohio. That's where you'll get your jalapeno cakes. This right? guy, so this guy, the Tossie Cafe in the Tossie Pearl Cafe. District in the short north. Pearl Alley, short, <laughs> short wow. north. Okay. So we got, uh, yeah, so you have a little black bean cake right on top of there. There's poached eggs, and on top Ooh. of that, there's like a jalapeno uh, butter sauce type so of you thing. Are, so you are speaking my of, language. I will damn. say that. A poached yeah. egg in any situation is usually like, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. we watching the travel channel right now? I because wish. Yeah. This is like so, you know, me now. and my whole brunch club, we show up there on Saturday. <laughs> okay. And our boat okay. shoes. And man, we t- we tear that place up. And then you hit, you hop on a dad's boat afterwards, hit the lake, yeah. and go. it's like the it's <laughs> like the video um, Michael Jackson's bad. We just have like we have like street fights with other <laughs> brunch clubs around the city. Yeah, that's a good video. Okay, idea. West Dude, that's, Story, that's a legitimately fun video idea. Yep. Ooh, okay. it's just life. Not going to credit it's you life guys. on the streets. Yeah, life on the the rough streets of Columbus. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I I think oh, I'm gonna pop wow. out there. I really do. You should do well, it, man. Watch yeah. out! Watch out for me and my brunch club. Homie. <laughs> <laughs> They'll roll up on you like a crepe. Um, okay, sick brunch. Are you blood orange or are you crepes? <laughs> oh, right. yeah. yeah, the crepes crepes. That was yeah, good, yeah. man. That, that was really good. Way bad. to go! Write that one down. That was that was fantastic. That was quick. Blood Man. orange or crepes? It's bloods and crepes. It's fantastic. All right, let's uh, Are you finish. Being sarcastic? Up. No, I'm not even mocking you. Let's oh, finish. That was quality uh, right, good because right, right, right. I felt the let's, same way. Let's maybe wrap this episode up. <laughs> hey, breakfast burrito. Like <laughs> breakfast. So that was a kick-ass brunch combo. I gotta say, pretty good. Whatever you call it. <laughs> and that breakfast burrito at McDonald's still is like one of the greatest things ever too yeah so, actually underrated I'm obsessed with it that's like she like talks about that like I want to say almost weekly I who? Erin my girlfriend <laughs> I hear mention of it just like like she she's sleeping and like murmuring <sighs> yeah <laughs> uh, so now that as, as abruptly as it came let's jump out of brunch and let's jump into some last thoughts Brandon this has been a great conversation I'm going to ask you to help us wrap the show by answering two questions for us. All right, let's do it. You just answer them in order. The first one is, if our listeners could support you, what would they do? How can our listeners support you? Um, 
just just get on Twitter. I mean, I'm at Brandon Reich on Twitter. Get on there if you want to follow me or you can check out my work on Dribble. But support like monetarily, I got nothing. So uh, yeah, just, just, no. just stay like excited about the stuff that you make and then I'll be happy. How's that? Hell yeah. Great. Well, then I'll do your shilling for you. Where They can find you online though at Brandon Reich. Dot com or yeah, com. I'm pretty much at Brandon Reich on everything Instagram, Twitter, Ooh, what up, homie? Triple, all that stuff. That consistency, though, we're, we're a big fan. All right, now, second question If you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on this show, what would that be? Challenge yourself to see how much stuff you can do. And if you challenge yourself to see how much stuff you can do, you'd be surprised how efficient you'll figure out to start doing it. Um, you'll learn how to stop wasting time if you just start taking some stuff on and giving your, and having the confidence to actually tackle this stuff and to ship it. Dude, wow. Concise and beautiful. Well I, said. I think, um, it's, yeah, right. Reve- reveal your essence. There's an essence in there that I think a lot of people are like, eh, you know, we like dance around. We have these like facades. We have these like things built around ourselves and it's just like fucking break them. And also learn, like learn your limits. Like you'll never understand your potential for creativity and for produ- production if you don't test them. And so many people don't. And a lot of times I feel like I don't. I feel like that's something, someone that even believes in shipping can learn more about it by always pushing yourself. Well, I got one more thing here. So, you know, you were talking about that, like knowing where you are, knowing your limits. I think it's beneficial to all creatives to strip everything down to the purest form of what it is that you really, really, really love to do. For me, I loved little tiny graphics that were portable, little badges, t-shirt graphics, that type of thing. I just like doing that one thing. If it wasn't, if we were going into like building out a whole brand or all that stuff, that's not as fun to me as making the little thing. So I was honest with myself that I like making t-shirt graphics. So if you like drawing hearts, if you like drawing little cartoon characters, if you, whatever that thing is that you love to do, I know, I know a girl who just freaking loves to do watercolors and that's what she does all the time. And she's made a career out of watercolor. So it's like whatever that little thing is that you love to do, it's worth it for you to be honest with yourself and try to figure out in its simplest form what it is that you actually love to do. Make your goal be just doing that. And, um, you know, it'll take a while before it gets to be narrowed down to that point. But um, the point, once you get to that point, you know, it's a much more rewarding thing because you get to you get to just kind of immerse yourself in the thing that you love doing the most. Ship it over and over. And if you're trying to figure it out, I mean, just go to brunch club and talk with, <laughs> talk with some good friends. Right, exactly. It. No, I think that's really well said. And it's a good summary for what I think is a great episode and an important episode to us because shipping it really is at the core of what we believe in, Grant and I, and the reason we're doing the show. And Yeah, not like a cult-like sense, but like you but almost. do subscribe to the cult and if you could write <laughs> it. Um, and speaking of the call, we would have you do our signature chant at the end here <laughs> to help us sign out. And you said it just a few seconds ago. Maybe you could say it again for us. We sign out every show with a simple ship it from our guest. And if you could do that, then you're, you're free. Ship it. Okay.